Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. No my whakarongo mai ki extra time ko Ravinda huni a This week, it's rugby mania with the New Zealand women historically winning the bid to host the next World Cup. The All Blacks, Black Ferns and Māori All Blacks are all in action overseas this weekend, plus Tana Umanga's demotion as Blues head coach. We'll look at New Zealand football's formal apology to the football ferns and the Auckland Tuatara team gets set to debut in the Australian Baseball League. A lot is happening in the world of rugby this week, including a successful bid to host the 2021 Women's World Cup and, of course, the AB facing the fierce Irish this weekend. Joining me now is rugby reporter Joe Porter to talk about it all and more. Joe, first of all, edging the Aussies to host the Women's Rugby World Cup. What a bid to win. Absolutely. This is a huge, huge boost for women's rugby around the world and in New Zealand in particular. And of course, really does set the line in the sand with the government saying that women's sport is one of their main priorities and they've put their money where their mouths are, given some good financial help to this NZR bid and they've managed to win over World Rugby and bring the World Cup to New Zealand. And it's about time too, because the Blackfins are five times world champions and don't get to play many tests on home soil. So this is a fantastic result. Again, hopefully Adidas now start producing some more Blackfins jerseys too. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Dr. Farah Palmer being hailed the hero in this deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, she's former Blackfern herself, a very, very intelligent and capable leader going over there to Dublin. She was the lead pre- presenter, I guess, of the bid to World Rugby, and she spoke of how much rugby means to the people of New Zealand, how diverse the culture and the ethnicities are in Auckland in particular, where the game is going and how they want to spread that message, and just how rugby is really more than just a sport in New Zealand and that it's a country sort of pastime and part of the culture here, and I guess that really won them over, and she gave them an insight into how the Black Ferns operate and, and what it would mean to her as a former player to have the World Cup on her home soil for the first time, and that certainly tugged at some heartstrings, and the New Zealand rugby CEO, Steve Chu, credits Dr Farah Palmer for getting this one across the line. Now, of course, Joe, there's a lot of talk about the location where these games will be played. What are your thoughts on that? I can understand why the regions would be disappointed not to be able to capitalise on what is such a fantastic event in New Zealand. And, well, you know, the likes of Canterbury, who have an incredibly strong women's team further afield, you know, the women's game is growing exponentially. So it would have been nice to take some of these games around the country more to encourage more young women to start taking up the game and, I guess, capitalise on that momentum. However, financially, it never would have worked. And if you have games where you've got minnows playing each other outside of the big centres where there isn't a population base, no one will show up and it will just look terrible on TV and it won't sell the game to the rest of the world. You've also got to think about the timing of the event, which is in July and August, so the weather won't be great in some parts of the country. Having it in Auckland where the population base is strong, the climate is good, and they've got plenty of 
stadia to use, I think will really show Peace New Zealand to compromise and one that probably had to be made to make this work. And of course, 2021 is a bit of time away. The likes of Fia Alfa'u Marcelli has already said she won't be playing because she'll be 40 years old come that time. Linda Itunu is also talking about possible retirement. Do you think that maybe this has come a bit late? It is unfortunate for them because they've contributed so much to the game here in New Zealand and around the world. And for them not to get to experience that the first tournament in the Southern Hemisphere and of course the first in New Zealand is a real bummer. However, I don't think they'll take it too personally. It is a step in the right direction. And if it wasn't for those women doing what they've done, we wouldn't have it here anyway so I hope that they can feel uh, like they've played a massive role in getting it here and if anything it'll be FOMO if anything (laughs) absolutely she says she'll be 40 and not playing but we'll see and Joe, we've got the ABs coming up against Ireland a highly anticipated match what are your thoughts on this probably the almost biggest challenge of the year the match against England last weekend was huge the atmosphere at Twickenham electric 82,000 people and torrential rain just to make it even more difficult but The Irish are a better team than the English. They are the Six Nations champions. They've beaten Australia in a test series and Australia in June. So they're certainly a team that's in great form. They've never beaten the All Blacks on Irish soil, so they'll be desperate to do that. And, of course, it'll set a market for next year's World Cup where those teams could quite likely meet in the knockout stages. So a huge game, number one versus number two for the unofficial world's best. That's why Steve Hansen stuck with his strongest side possible and remained the continuity from last week's win over England. The Irish fans will be in full force and it'll be a real challenge to the All Blacks. And what can the ABs expect from the Irish? The Irish like to hold the ball as much as possible and starve their opponents of possession. They really just suffocate the other team. If that doesn't work for them and they can't score points, they'll turn to the air. High balls from their halfback, box kicks, and lots of high balls as well from their first five. Johnny Sexton, the British and Irish Lions, first five will be put up in the air to pressure on the All Blacks outside back. So certainly the All Blacks will need to be on their game and the forwards will be need to be matching the Irish for ascendancy to make sure they hold on to the ball at the breakdown and don't give away too many turnovers. Is this a challenge that the All Blacks really do need right now coming into a World Cup season? Yeah, definitely. So it replicates the tournament next year. You look at the Wallabies in Japan, that's your toughest pool game. Then you get Japan and Japan, an easier one before you go into the final stages. Then, of course, you head to England, Twickenham, there's your semi-final, and now you've got your final against Ireland. It's a real market to see how this All Blacks team can fare under that kind of pressure. And the All Blacks haven't been perfect, but they have been winning. And that's what matters the most. And of course, we've got the Māori All Blacks and the Black Ferns both looking for clean sweeps as well. Yeah, a lot of rugby and it could be a very successful weekend too, hopefully. Yeah, the the uh, Black Ferns and France looking to sweep that series there 2-0. And of course, a very tight match actually, the last one. So it, it should be a fascinating encounter. The second one, now the teams are a little bit more familiar with themselves. And of course, in France as well, so the hosts enjoying home advantage. And the Māori All Blacks in South America looking for a queen sweep there in Chile this week after having been in Brazil. Two not-so-famous rugby countries, but certainly spreading the global word of rugby and uh, also looking for an emphatic win to end their tour and, and come back home. Rugby reporter Joe Porter there. In other rugby news, the Blues have demoted head coach Dana Umanga to assistant coach, promoting another former All Black, Leon McDonald, to the top job. Umanga will become the defence coach, with the Blues and New Zealand rugby believing McDonald has a better chance of breathing life into the struggling super rugby side. Umanga told Joe Porter it wasn't his decision to step down, but he concedes it's in the best interests of the team. In the end, it wasn't my final decision. You know, I'm, I'm thankful and, and fortunate that, as I said, you know, the board, you know, New Zealand rugby, and also obviously Leon, see, I saw there uh, as a positive to keep me on board and. Um, uh, and uh, you know, follow this through. So it is one of those things, and I, I probably don't look at it that way. You know, um, in terms of you know, 
how proud you are. I've seen you know a lot of people not swallow their pride and, and things like that, and how they can damage things. So, and I guess during these discussions, there were was there ever a, a moment where you considered perhaps leaving and, and going on to a different role, or that you weren't happy with the what the new situation would be? Um, no, like I said, like, you know, from that discussion, uh, you know, look, I, I always wanted to show that you know I was I'm passionate about this club, you know. Uh, I wanted to show that I'm, you know, I'm willing to to be a part of it and fight for to be a part of it because I have, you know, faith and the belief, you know, in, in the way um, that it's going, you know, and the way that the, the improvements that the, the players are making, and obviously um, bringing on board the experienced coaching group that we have, you know, and there's a lot of positives going forward that are, you know, and so, you know, look, I suppose I didn't I didn't really think of that. <laughs> Um, you know that option, but you know, uh, but obviously, you know, you knew it could be there, so it wasn't like something that I was, you know, proactively searching. It, you just knew, oh well, if it doesn't happen, then I don't know, I don't know what's next, kind of thing. Does this signal the end of your head coaching ambitions? No, no. Look, you know, um, at this stage, I, I, I just want to be the best. Uh, assistant coach, you know, for Leon and, and uh, this coaching group uh, as I can. Um, yet, who knows what's going to happen in the future? I, I know I'm going to learn a lot. I've learnt a lot already in the three years. I'm going to learn a lot under Leon and, and obviously with being with Tom being involved in his experience as a head coach, you know. And you know, who who knows what could, what could happen after that? But yeah, you know, for the next two years, I'm just going to focus on being the best assistant coach and how I can help this. Uh, this club move forward and, and develop this players and, and the success that I believe this club deserves. Tana Umanga speaking to Joe Porter. As mentioned earlier, New Zealand have won the bid to host the 2021 Women's Rugby World Cup. It's the first time the tournament will be held in the Southern Hemisphere. The Black Ferns have won the World Cup five times and Dr Farah Palmer was in the winning team three times. She was instrumental in winning the bid in Dublin this week. Palmer is a current board member of New Zealand Rugby and was a major part of their presentation. She says she drew on her time with the team to help in her presentation. During the presentation I started with a verse from the Black Ferns Haka just to make me feel grounded and, and calm and it worked for me. It made me feel like I had all of my whanau and my sisters with me while I was out there trying to do my best. Yeah. And, and obviously it, it worked because uh, we got the result. Yeah, and I think there's been a lot of effort to get to this point. You know, we've been thinking about this for a year. We've had a team that's put together a really great bid and then the performance with Mark and myself and and Steve there guiding us along really went well today. Um, I just spoke from the heart, really. And you mentioned um, in the press conference before the role that the, the, the government had. Can you just elaborate on that, like how much uh, you know, involvement they had? Oh, look, we, we probably wouldn't have put in the bid if we didn't have the government's support. And we've got, you know, this, the Minister of Sport, Grant Robinson, has been very, very forceful in terms of, you know, we are here to promote women and girls in sport. And we understand that rugby is probably one of those games where that's a litmus test for how we're going. So they were very supportive. And and um, the Right Honourable Jacinda Ardern is a fan of the Black Ferns and she's been supportive of this the whole way. And what did she have a message for the, uh, the team today? 
Um, I'm sure she does. She's pretty good at social media. Um, but she, she, we had a video of her sending a message to the whole World Rugby Council, and that helped us to show that we've got the support of not only a central government but local government as well. And Whangarei, it's got a, you know, a strong Māori presence there, and in Auckland as well. And I guess just in a wider sense, um, bigger than rugby, what does this mean for young women in New Zealand, young wahine, who are perhaps looking for role models? Um, I think it just develops that awareness so that that we value uh, women's rugby and that we want to make it more visible. And I've got a nine-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter and, and I just want her to grow up knowing that this is a game she can play and these are the amazing players that play it. And look, we, we value women in rugby and we're putting on this, this prestigious event for them all to go and see. Yep, and finally, I mean, um, the, this, this hurdle's been overcome, but how much more work has got to be going for us? Well, this is probably the fun part, and then we do have to really get to work and have conversations with World Rugby around what the tournament's going to look like and and then see what's going to be best for the teams and, you know, logistically what we need to do. So we're going to hit the ground running now and and take this moment to to celebrate and and let it sink in, and then we'll get back to work. Dr Farah Palmer. And while bids were going on, the Black Ferns were in France preparing for the second test. And Captain Fia'o Fa'omausili told sports editor Stephen Hewson the team followed the announcement closely, but assures she certainly won't be playing come 2021. I'm pretty pretty excited. You know, we once we heard that it's coming our way, you know, a lot of smiles. And I think it's been a long time coming. And um, it's great that the rugby union is behind it. And you know, we just can't wait to showcase, um, you know, New Zealand rugby to the world, especially the women's rugby. And the players have been following it pretty closely? Yes, they have been, um, and they're very excited. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be able to play in New Zealand, given the Black Ferns have won the tournament five times, and like I say, it's never been in New Zealand, and the tournament's been going since 1991. How big a deal is it? Oh, it's very special, and it's a big deal. I mean, um, I look at it as... Um, you know, we've got the most world champions in the world, you know, from girls since playing 1998 um, in the World Cup. And they're all at home. And how, how great is it to um, showcase them to the world, like with the teams coming over and to meet so many world champions um, in, in, in the country. Um, and then they get to see how, how we run and how we roll with them, with, with, with rugby. Um, yeah, so that, that, that in itself is pretty special. And for you, it's quite a big carrot to keep on playing. Too. <laughs> well, I'm definitely talking about the playing side of things, but I will be, you know, it's being at it being at home, the World Cup being at home, it's special, and I definitely want to be a part of it um, in any way. You know, um, I won't be playing, so, um, but I'll um, definitely be out there supporting at 100. percent You definitely won't be playing. Well, I don't think my body's, um, is, you know, at all in, in that stage at the moment. You know, my you know, there's one thing that doesn't go down and that's age. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty up there, you know, with the numbers. So um, I'm just happy to that it's, it's at home and, and the girls get to experience playing in front of their families with a, with a massive, um, you know, and a massive event that showcases New Zealand. Fia Alfa'omalsili speaking to Stephen Hewson. New Zealand football has formally apologised to the football ferns for the bullying behaviour of former coach Andreas Haraf. 
Four members of the New Zealand Football's Executive Committee spoke with the team this morning in the wake of an independent review which found Haraf was found to have engaged in bullying behaviour and that complaints laid by 12 players about his behaviour were genuine and largely substantiated. Haraf resigned in July before the review was published. Veteran football fern Sarah Gregorius told sports editor Stephen Hewson that prior to the apology, the team got together to discuss the past few months. I've never had to go through anything like this before, so it was brand new for everyone, but it was just sort of like facing up and, and being together and, and everybody having the opportunity to discuss things from their point of view and, and really listening and, and then just sort of talking a little bit about the future as well. So it was it was quite all-encompassing. It was it was a really big day, and but a really positive day. Uh, emotional at times. Yeah, look, there were there were certainly elements of that for sure. New Zealand footballer said that that wanted to make an informal apology. Has that happened? Yes, that took place this morning. A- and how did that unfold? Yeah, it was that we had a co come in and people from New Zealand football, and it was again like just really honest and open and. And I certainly felt for myself uh, that it was really heartfelt. And I think the beginning of a different type of relationship compared to the one we've had in the past. I think we've never had that many members of Exco, even in the environment before, and definitely not speaking as frankly as, as we were this morning. So, no, it was really great. And, and what did they say to you? Oh, well, we had the apology side of things and, and yeah, just different, obviously, introductions first and foremost and, yeah, just different perspectives again on the things that have happened. And you're confident it was heartfelt and there is a, a desire to improve things? Yes, for sure. And I'm really optimistic that things will improve and, and there will be measures in place to make sure that, you know, no team has to go through what we've been through and that the organisation itself doesn't have to go through that again. So for me, definitely thought it was genuine and authentic and I think it is, it's going to be a really great turning point. Is it difficult coming in the sense that... The chief executive has gone, the coach has gone, and the chair has gone, who were all part of that, I suppose, the, the previous environment. So the apology perhaps not coming from them, is that something you would like to see? No, I think for me, we want to work with the people that are going to be there in the future. I think for us, it's certainly about looking forward, and, and those people aren't part of the future, so probably wouldn't be much point in having those conversations with them. So I'm really comfortable with the people that were there and, and I think that's kind of the theme of it, you know. It's moving towards a better future and, and to do that it was probably going to require new people and that's what we've got. Sarah Gregorius talking to sports editor Stephen Hewson. New Zealand's first domestic baseball team will debut in the Australian Baseball League tonight in Western Australia. The Auckland Tuatara side will meet the Perth Heat just after midnight, followed by a doubleheader tomorrow and a final series game on Sunday. The competition started in 2009, and while baseball in New Zealand has been around for some time, it's picking up popularity points in light of the sport's re-inclusion back into the Olympic Games for 2020. I caught up with Auckland Tuatara manager Steve Mintz and started by asking what he thought about a team this side of the ditch finally making the league. 
especially for the people of Auckland with all the people there that have put in months and months and months of work to get us to this point. And then obviously all the people around that sit on the sidelines and do all the stuff as far as finding players and taking care of us and doing flights and visas and all those type things, you know. So it takes a whole village to put together a 22-man baseball team. We're happy and very grateful for all that uh, everybody's done from New Zealand to get us to this point and we're going to try to do everything we can to make everybody proud of what we've put together. What are your expectations for the first year for this team? What we want to do is, with the tradition that we're starting with the Tuatara, that's the main thing that I've focused on here the last couple of weeks since I've been back into the country, is understanding the the history that New Zealand has with a lot of their other sporting teams that they have in New Zealand. And I'm really trying to impress upon these guys that tradition begins understanding that the Tuatara, what it's meaning to New Zealand as a whole country, and that we need to take that seriously. And so while we're on the field, we need to give it our best, run hard everywhere we're going, try to catch the ball and throw it, do our best trying to pitch and hit and it's not so much for me the wins and losses as it is the tradition that we're going to start building here for uh, years to come. Do you look at the likes of other New Zealand teams who are singularly in Australian competitions like the Breakers and the Warriors and the Phoenix and teams like that and see what it would look like for players and travel and things like that? Yeah well and and also being a part of the ABL for a few years understanding the travel and you know what the league looks like so yes the fact that New Zealand's coming into the ABL almost every city in Australia is happy you know that New Zealand has become part of the competition I know there's a friendly rivalry we'll call it you know between Australia and New Zealand and any sport that's played you know so I'm sure that'll be on showcase at times and we're up for the task we're just enjoying it and can't wait to you know get through the Perth series and get back home let the people of New Zealand see what we put together you've already mentioned you've got the experience within the ABL so what are the things that you tell your team to expect in the coming season? You know, we've talked about the different teams. Uh, there's some uh, that has actually played in the league a little bit, you know, in the ABL. But for me, the most part, you know, with the travel and what we do and making sure that they understand exactly what we're trying to do and how the journey is going to be for, you know, 10 weeks trying to get through this thing and that the eating and the sleeping and the taking care of your bodies and stuff, you know, a lot of people haven't done these things before. And so we're trying to educate them as we go along and making sure that we're able to keep everybody healthy and on the field. It's a big event for the first game coming up. Do you look forward to the first home game for your side? Absolutely. I mean, we're excited to play, but we're triple excited to get back to to New Zealand and play in front of our home crowd, you know, because they've been in in anticipation for this new baseball team just as much as the the guys on the team have. So, yes, we're ready to get back home and embrace our home community and let them see us. Baseball isn't quite, you know, the mainstream sport of New Zealand like, you know, the likes of like rugby so how important this will be to maybe even educate the nation on the game of baseball as well we have to like we had before we took our trip over here a lot of the sponsors came out to the war memorial grounds out there we were having training and when we got done with training we basically walked them through you know we kind of i stood there and kind of explained and then we actually split them up into three or four groups and we had a group talk to them at the plate about hitting and what we're trying to do and somebody on the mound and somebody on the infield and somebody in the outfield and just trying to educate people and let them understand the intricacies of baseball and what we're trying to do and we understand that I mean we have to we have to explain the game and and, and make sure people know 
You know, it was like the first time I ever went to Australia and I went to a cricket match by myself. I went When I went back to the baseball field to train, I told the guys, I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, no, 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 you can't go to a cricket game by yourself. And so I went back, and now I think cricket is the best game in the world. But that was my first impression when I went. I didn't know what I was looking at. And so I thought it was stupid. So <laughs> once I figured out exactly what the game was and what they were trying to do, I was like, man, this is awesome. Same thing with baseball and what we're going to have to do with, you know, a lot of the people in New Zealand is to educate and let them understand, you know, exactly what we're trying to do. Auckland Tuatara manager Steve Mintz. And that's all we have time for this week. Remember, you can stay up to date with all of our sports stories at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash sport. And check us out on Twitter at RNZ Sport. Koravinda Hunia Thene, Hey Corner. 